this is Joe and TJ with another episode of our One Thing series. Our desire is that our One Thing series truly helps you to lead better and grow faster. Every month on our podcast, we feature a great guest always on the topic of leadership and we blast it out to you from the schoolhouse302.com. Thank you, TJ. Please share this with other leaders you know that are looking and craving to get better. Thank you. So here we are with our guest, John Rennie. Thank you for being on the show, John. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. This month, we are focused on what it means to be present as a leader, and we're very excited to have John on our podcast. Um, This month, we really wanted to take a deep dive into leadership and the characteristics of being a present leader. Uh, TJ, why don't you tell our audience a bit more about John? Sure thing, Joe. Thanks for that. Our guest this month is John Rennie. He's a business leader and author. A speaker. He's also the co-founder, president, and CEO of Peak Demand, a global manufacturer of products for electric utilities. He served as a naval officer on nuclear submarines during the Cold War and has been leading industrial businesses for more than 20 years. He is passionate about leadership, as are we, and also about employee engagement, which is just an important topic right now. His articles and blog posts have been read and shared all over the world. He believes that leadership can make a significant difference in the performance of any organization, and that's what makes him perfect for this podcast. His latest leadership book, I Have the Watch, Becoming a Leader Worth Following, is an Amazon bestseller. And we're thrilled to have John with us here today. So, all right, John, let's, let's jump right in. Let's talk about working in difficult times and leading people, something that's happening all over our world today. As you are well aware, we are currently in a crisis. And that just adds a tremendous amount of stress, anxiety, and fear among everyone. In your book, I Have the Watch, Becoming a Leader uh, uh, Worth Following, Um, you uh, identify distinct differences between an absent leader and a present leader. Mm -hmm. Um, There are qualities that a a present leader possesses that resonate and build strong performing teams. What are some of the key behaviors and strategies that leaders can use to make themselves available and present for those who they lead? We want to hear anything you might say about being a present and avoiding the pitfalls of absentee uh, leadership. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, one I covered in the book because I think it's really important. We tend to talk about micromanagers as a problem and and micromanagement is a problem when we're constantly on top of your people telling them what to do. uh, It can be very frustrating for an employee. But the other side of that, the other extreme is the absent employee. These are the absent manager, the manager or the leader that is just not present, not available. Uh, They are in their office, they're on conference calls, they're not um, following up or, or even being a part of their, uh, you know, of their people's work lives. And that is also extremely frustrating to, uh, to employees because they feel like their boss doesn't care. They're not involved. They have no idea, you know, the problems that they're facing and the, the frustrations that they have. And so um, what I've been trying to encourage when I, when I talk to leaders and future leaders is, is that we have to be present. We have to get out of our bubble, you know, our, our, you know, 
our, our conference calls or our, uh, you know, being in the conference room in our office. We got to get out of our bubble, our leadership bubble, and we got to get to where people are, right? We got to get to where our teams are, where their work areas are. And we spend time with them. We get to know them on a per, you know, person-to-person basis. We have relationships with our employees. And uh, we know how they tick and you know, what things that are frustrated with. And this is really a special, especially important right now during this COVID crisis because our employees are going through some really big changes right now. So um, you know, whatever, whatever job that they're in, whether a school teacher teaching from home or uh, a restaurant employee now doing takeout orders or uh, you know, people, people doing more Zoom calls. So they are, they are in a world that is uncomfortable to them and unfamiliar to them. So we have got to do a better job as leaders to connect one-on-one, face-to-face, and find out how they're doing. Do they have what they need? Uh, are, they, are they being effective in their role? What do they need from us? And um, that's really important right now. John, let me follow up with that. Do you feel sometimes that... Um, almost purposeful on some leaders part like the the conference calls the busyness you can really sell it to yourself that you've had an incredibly uh, busy day you've been productive you tackled problems but at the end of the day you've made no connection with the people you're leading Um, do you find that to be conscious or unconscious or you feel like that's a weakness among some leaders like a fear factor what are your thoughts around that so I think it is a comfort zone issue where leaders are comfortable as being doers. In fact, especially in corporate America, a lot of our, our managers, frontline managers have been promoted from an individual contributor role into a quote unquote leadership role, but they go back to what they're comfortable with. And uh, for them, staying busy means they don't have to talk to the employee. It might be a difficult conversation. Uh, you know, they just try to stay in their, their comfort zone, in their bubble, I think. And so uh, that is, you're, you're right. There's, a, there's something about it that says, uh, well, if I, if I work on this, I feel like I'm doing something uh, and, and I don't have to, you know, actually have a difficult conversation with an employee who's concerned about what's happening right now in the world. So I'll just go to my comfort zone. So I think that that is an issue for some leaders is that uh, they're more comfortable in the doing than in the leading side of things. I love that quote. I, I wrote that down when you had just said um, leaders have to get out of their, their bubble and get to where their teams are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a powerful, it's a powerful point. And I think that's also where we start to discover um, really what's going on. Because I feel like we can also fool ourselves in knowing what's happening um, when in reality we may not. And getting out among those doing the work and the grind um, reveals quite a bit of what's really going on in the organization. Yeah, it's very, very true. Absolutely. So with that, we're going to transition, John, into our, our, our five One Thing Series leadership questions. And, th- and this starts to dig in um, to you know, some of your own practices as an individual, as a leader. And I, I think we're all captivated the fact that um, the submarine stories and, and things that you have been a part of um, that are very foreign to many of us. Um, outside of this, uh, this idea of leadership or within this idea of leadership, who is one person or group you follow for knowledge or inspiration and where could we find them? So I like uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, John Brubaker. 
Coach John, uh, he's, he's CoachBrew.com. He's uh, Coach Brew on Twitter. And um, he is my, I would say, he's my coach. He's my leadership coach. And um, he is a former uh, college lacrosse uh, coach. He just has some really interesting and innovative ideas about how to uh, be a successful entrepreneur and leader in kind of today's market, especially where uh, I think a lot of people go conventional. He is sort of an unconventional thinker in, in, in terms of how to market and sell your company and, and to promote your brand. And I really, really like it. And his books are phenomenal. He's written, I think, eight books right now. And one book I would say, Seeds of Success, is one that he wrote on leadership. It's a wonderful book and everyone needs to write, uh, read it. And it's about his, his mentor uh, when he started getting into coaching. And it's a beautiful story about mentors and mentees and the impact that one person can make on not just one other person, but on uh, just families of people uh, over the years. It's really a remarkable story. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. We'll link back to that in the show notes um, and seas of success. We'll check that out. So that's really granular for our folks to be able to dig in. And a lot of our people are Twitter people, so they'll get right on yeah. and, and check out his uh, tweets. Great. Um, what's one thing in, you know, that you've learned that people should try to do on a regular basis that might make a difference in their day or life? So this is really important. We always seem to have, you know, New Year's resolutions and what have you. We're where we're going to do something new, and and we like these as as uh, as people, right? That we want to we want to start fresh every every day, and we have these big goals. But really, what happens? The way you accomplish things in life is just by doing the same thing, just having habits. And habits are really important. So so for my my one thing is I get up early. I get up at four a.m. every morning. I write for an hour. So I spend an hour writing, whether it's uh, my latest book that I'm working on or an article or even setting up tweets for the day. But I do writing, so I'm thinking and writing and putting my thoughts down on paper. And then I spend the next hour in the gym. I, I get, I sweat. I, I you know, I, in, in my case, I watch the news just so I'm aware of what's happening that day. But I get some exercise, get that uh, adrenaline out, get those frustrations out. And then I'm ready for the day. And so when I walk into the work, I've been up since four, I've accomplished a lot, and I'm really ready to go and hit the ground running. So I say get up early and, and do some writing, do some thinking, and do some uh, physical exercise. I think it's really important. That's excellent, John. And we've heard similar, you know, and, and it's out there about the power of mornings and having purposeful mornings. Can you speak to some, because this gets a little controversial too, like on our habits, is this willpower, you know, uh, you have a military background, is it something you learned early, or really is just that purpose and why so big that you know that it's just going to set you um, and set your day up for success? Can you talk a little bit about that? Because we've heard about the flaws of willpower. Um, but you know, I could also see like, this is a powerful way to start your day and, and you've given yourself two hours. How have you stuck to that regimen and what do you attribute your, your longevity to, to doing that? Yeah, I can't tell you how many years I've been doing it. It's been just part of my routine now, but it is, it is habit and, uh, it is not willpower and willpower is, is a dangerous uh, topic because you, you don't, you never have enough willpower. So I think it's just part of your routine and, you have to, you know, you have to do it for, for enough, 
you know, long period of time so that it becomes a routine. You know, there's, there's tricks to developing reward systems for yourself in the beginning just to make it a routine. But after a while, you know, if you, it's about discipline. It's about getting up and doing it. And um, yeah, do I ra- would I rather sleep in? Absolutely. But that's just, I, I don't have as good a day if I don't start it off doing what I, you know, sticking to my routine. So I think it's about creating habits. And there's some great books on that, The Power of Habits. I was thinking, uh, is it Charles Duhigg that wrote that? That's a great book. And I read that. And, and he talks about how to develop habits. And uh, I, I think it's about, a, it's about a lifestyle, not about a, not about a uh, you know, willpower. Thank you. I like that. It's about a lifestyle and uh, that makes it meaningful and purposeful. John, what's one thing that you want to know or be able to do that you don't already? So the biggest thing for me, I'd like to be able to speak uh, more on two corporate, uh, corporate um, you know, meetings and, and, and do more leadership training for corporations. I do a lot with, uh, with, grad, with grad students and college level. I do a lot with local leaders here in, in, my, in North Carolina, but I'd really like to do it more to corporations. And the reason being is I think that that's where we're lacking a lot of the leadership skills and a lot of the leadership, um, uh, you know, a lot of leadership problems exist in corporate America where we have 70, 70% of employees are disengaged at work and, and a majority of them are disengaged because of leadership issues. And so I'd like to be able to get to where I can speak on a regular basis to corporations, to larger companies, you know, just, just a bigger audience towards the message of good leadership. John, that's great. Um, what do you think the primary message is that you would send? I mean, beyond the present leadership, is there a strategy or something that you would just like to say, like you have this desire to get at the, these groups because 70% of their employees are disengaged? I mean, what, what would you say, you know, one or two things is something that you're like, look, this is where I would start? Yeah, so I would start with the idea that, um, you know, it's, it's a ship and a crew, right? Uh, you know, and if you've ever seen a, a ceremony where uh, they commission a Navy ship, it's a beautiful ceremony. But at the end, the, the men and the women run onto the ship and they man the rails. And then they report back to the upper, upper leadership in the military. The ship is manned and ready, okay, to, to enter the U.S. Navy. And I think what we, we think our plans are the most important thing, our strategy, the most important thing, our products are the most important thing. And all those things are nothing but a, but a, a, a ship without a crew. It's basically, uh, a, you know, it's cold metal sitting in a harbor. And it really takes a crew to bring a ship to life. And it takes people to bring our plans to life. And we've got to remember that. And the problem with most leaders, and if you look at most business schools, is that we don't do a good enough job teaching the people side of business. We teach accounting and marketing and sales and, and, and even, you know, all these issues, but we don't teach leadership. And, and really, without that, we have, uh, we have a ship without a crew, and uh, we're not going to go very far. Well, you know, we uh, agree with that for sure about leadership. I mean, it's, uh, it's the, everything hinges on it. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so let's talk about your leadership for a second. What's the one thing that led to or continues to support your growth as a leader that others can repu- replicate? Like, you know, that problem exists and how to fix it. Like, how did you get to that point and what continues to spark that growth in you? So I would say two words and that's dashboard university. 
okay? We've, we've, there's so many resources out there. So in my commute, I'm, I'm, uh, I've, I've got about a 40 minute commute to work and I am always listening to podcasts and I'm listening to audiobooks. and I'm, I'm, I'm not just listening to music or, you know, the DJ playing, spinning, you know, the top, whatever I'm, I'm listening to and getting better and learning from other people that have done what I, you know, what I'm trying to do. So I listen to podcasts about, you know, business leaders and, and entrepreneurs have taken their business to the next level. I, I listen to uh, just, just a number of different books that are around leadership and around business. And, um, and I think they all affect me. You know, it's, it's almost like a subconscious thing. It's, you know, kind of feeding my mind in terms of, wow, I didn't even think about that. And then I have these aha moments while I'm driving down the road. And so, you know, I, 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 you know, I record, I, you know, give myself voice memos of like, you need to look at this, or this is a great idea. And so not just listening, but listening actively for things that I can capture to be able to put into my leadership skill set. So I think take advantage of those uh, times. I mean, obviously now we're, we're not commuting to work as much, but uh, when you are, use that opportunity when you're cutting the yard or you're maybe working out. To, to get some education, get some learning. And I think um, there's so many resources out there. It's never been a better time to, to get resources for free or for very low cost to be able to learn and develop your, uh, your, your skill sets as a leader. Yeah, we couldn't agree more, John. A lot of what you're saying resonates deeply with us. Um, I, I haven't heard it. I don't know, TJ, if you have. I haven't heard of Dashboard University. We, we always say, and maybe this is our educational background, turn your car into a classroom. That's um, it. And, yeah, yeah, that's and it. So we, <laughs> and I, it's funny because TJ and I will text each other all the time and say, hey, did you check out this latest podcast? It's great. And and you're right. Right now, there's so much learning out there. We, we had talked about, or years ago, our society had talked about like the t- television revolutionizing learning in America. And I think, though, it went down the road of entertainment. So, but I think what's happening with podcasts and some other management tools, it may accomplish what people thought the TV may accomplish mm. years ago. And it's just that there's so much available information and a lot of it's vetted and a lot of it's excellent and mm. it's free. A lot of it's free. So we love it. Um, I also don't want to overlook you. You just mentioned a very critical point there about voice memos. Mm. Uh, we've talked to people in the past. If you're using something like Audible, Audible allows you to track and then highlight an area and it has those like driving features. So it's hands-free kind of still. Correct. Yeah. Um, but I love that tip of taking a voice memo um, and, and honing in on that. It's, yeah, it's I do it way. all the time. I do it all the time. And then I get back to the office. I'll write them down. I have a, I have a little black book. I don't have it right here, but uh, with all different ideas and things I'm thinking about. And well, that might turn into a, a, a podcast that might turn into an article this might be a good chapter in the next book. So it's just ideas I'm capturing. This is something I should do uh, at work. So, yeah. So I think, you know, these are, you know, they, they, they can help you spark ideas and, and uh, to give you some um, insight and some, you know, additional insight and things you might not have thought of. Thank you, John. Our final question, what's one thing that you used to think that you don't anymore? Hmm. As a young leader, I was 32 years old when I was given my first manufacturing plant to lead, and I've led, I've led nine manufacturing plants since then. 
But back then, I thought I needed to know all the answers. I needed to, you know, when people came to me, they would say, you know, what should we do here? And, and as a young leader, I would be like, I have no idea. You know, and I tried to, to, to act smart or pretend like I knew what was going on. And um, so what, what I've learned now after running nine different manufacturing businesses is that um, I, I know less and less uh, the, the older I get and the more experience I have. And I realized that the best answers reside in the team. So the collective wisdom of a team is so much more than the leader itself. So I think I've recognized now that I don't need to have all the answers, but I need to be able to engage the people that do have the answers in a proper way to where they are excited to provide those uh, inputs and to be able to help guide the organization. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that, I've, that has changed over my leadership career. That's great to hear. I love that quote, the best answers reside in the team. It's so true. Once a team sees the vision and they have the direction, boy, oh boy, do they really come up with their, their own answers to the problems that, that are created. So thank you for that. Listen, this was fantastic. Um, John, you knocked it right out of the park. A lot of simple strategies here. One thing that um, Joe and I always say is that leadership might be complex but it doesn't have to be complicated. And so being present as a leader, listening to people, um, you know, having a podcast, growing, um, just a lot of great stuff here. Is there anything else that you would like to add for today's listeners? I would say this, and I, I say it a lot, is that leadership is a people business. And um, we just got to remember that it's, it's about people. It's about motivating people to accomplish a goal. And if we ever forget about that, if we, if we get lost in the, uh, the plans and the strategy and the structure and the, the profit and loss statements and the balance sheet, then we're going to lose it as a leader. We need to remember that leadership is a people business. Well, I know I'm going to be tweeting that out later today. <laughs> leadership is a people business from John Rennie. There you have it. Another great podcast. Don't forget to follow our blog at the schoolhouse302.com for blog posts, podcasts, and video blogs all on the topic of leadership. And we hope you enjoyed our one thing series on how to be present as a leader and much, much more with John Rennie. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Okay. Thank you. I enjoyed it.